Pop Series. And uh, as always, I'm Scott Pearson, and as always, I'm joined by my man, my partner, my boy, Big John L. John, what's up? What's good? What's going on? What's going on? What's going on? Is, is that what you asked me? What, what's going on? <laughs> John, man, big, big, big developments have occurred since the last time Uh-oh. we sat down and Uh-oh. in front of these mics and did what we do. The Tribe Series, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, yeah. this is, this, we've been waiting for this. No doubt. We're waiting for this, man. And, um, you know, as things do, as things happen, the stars and the moons align and they and they and they come together and then and then they give you signals, they give you signs. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. I'm just reading something to you. And then I want you to wait till I'm finished. You know what I'm saying? And then I want you to give me your reaction. First, I'm gonna give you the date, October the 27th, 2016. I opened up my Twitter. And, um, you know, I check to see what's going on in the world of hip-hop, as, as we do every morning, you know what I'm saying? And I find this, ready? To all the good people worldwide, we hope this letter finds you and yours safe and without a scratch. Last year, this time, myself, Jerobi, Ali, and Fife had the extreme pleasure of performing on The Tonight Show. It was our first TV performance in 18 years, so obviously you know who I'm talking about. This is, the, this is the Twitter account, the official Twitter account of Q-Tip. He goes on to say, the energy for us that night was one that we hadn't experienced on stage together in some time. It was also the night of the Paris bombing, a seasonably warm night in New York City. As we left 30 Rock, I felt the need, we all did, to get back to the studio and start that cook-up. So we got to it, all caps. It was coming together nicely, and as you may know, we lost our brother, may God rest his soul, on March the 22nd, RIP fight. But he left us with the blueprint of what we had to do. So we collected ourselves, and, and along tribesmen, Buster and Cons, talking about consequence, we completed what will be obviously the final A Tribe Called Quest album. No, Unbelievable, this, man. This isn't filled with old Fife bars. This is that pure, unstepped on pure. And on November the 11th, 2016, we will complete our paths of rhythm. Join us. Peace. Q-tip. I mean, obviously, we, we did this episode, this series, right? And we chose to, to change the format of the show to coincide with, you know, our love for Tribe. But the fact that this happened during, in the midst of this series is unbelievable to me, man. I, I can't wait because... Being a, you know, I'm a big Tribe Called Quest fan. Not as big as you, but I'm a big Tribe Called Quest fan as well. So the fact that they're about to put this out and the fact that we get to hear Fight mm-hmm. on some original bars mm-hmm. before his passing, man, is going to be epic, period. Right, but remember on the last episode, on part one of this of this series, we said that Tribe is no more. You know, that was one of the one of the really, really sad things about, you know, Fife Passing is that you will never hear another Tribe album. And we got proved wrong right in the midst of that. You know what I'm saying? So I'm just really, right. really looking forward to what they got to, you know, what they got to put together and how, you know, they came together this one last time to bless us with another Tribe album. I'll be lined up on November the 11th waiting to get this on vinyl and to get this on digital, man. This is this final's going to be dope, yo. No doubt, no doubt. Big news, big news, man. You know what we decided to do, obviously, as we talked about on part one, is to uh, is to review their debut. And um, 
the fact that he closed out his letter the way he did when he said we will complete our paths of rhythm join us it falls in nicely it falls in nicely to what our plan was you know what I mean? no doubt I mean, like you said, the stars just sometimes line up, yeah. especially when you're operating on the right wavelength. You know what I mean? And I honestly thoroughly believe, and not just because it's our show, that our podcast is operating on that proper wavelength, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, the type of people that we've been that have been gravitating towards our show, not just because of what we say, but because of the people who, you know, we're reviewing, mm-hmm. you know, the, these artists, man, that we've been, you know, over the last year, you know, happy anniversary, by the way, Scott, Thank you. we're officially Thank you. one year old, appreciate you know, that. as the light podcast, we're appreciate, we're officially one year old. Mm-hmm. So, and if you just look at, and you line up all the artists, all the debut albums that we've gone through over the last year, man, they're all icons. And, you figure people like Nas still release some music. You figure people like a tribe called Quest still release some music. Jay-Z. You know what I mean? You have so many artists out there that we've touched upon that they're still doing it. And that's the true mark of icons. Mm-hmm. When you can transcend the errors in which you first started in whatever sort of entertainment vein that you're operating in. Because again, we are just talking about art, you know, and I really want people to understand hip hop is art and it is the last true great art form to ever spur up. No question. You know, you have no other art form that has come about that has taken over our culture, taken over, I mean, on a global scale mm-hmm. like hip hop, mm-hmm. you know, and for one of its, you know, true, true icons in a tribe called Quest to put out another album after all these years, man. As they say, I'm waiting with bated breath, man. I can't, I cannot wait to hear this, you know? Right. And they said it couldn't be done, right? They said it could not be done. Tribe is no more. Even, you know, Q-Tip said it, you know, documentary. Tribe is no more. We're done. And here we go, man. They're about to bless us with this. I just hope, and I honestly believe that the hip-hop community understands how big this is, how big time this is. In the midst of all this uncertainty, you know, I think... <clears throat> You know, from a social media perspective, hip hop is easily at its most divisive, I think. You know, and um, here we are. Here we are. It's, it's one of those, you know, and I may, be, I may be overstating, you know, overstepping my bounds or, you know, overestimating the, the impact of this, but you're talking about, I think, one of those icon, one of those iconic groups that can kind of level the playing field a little bit. You know what I mean? Bring things back to a, to a little bit of normalcy. You know, Daylight did it with Anonymous Nobody. Here we go, Tribe coming back right up on its heels with their new album. I think, you know, 2016 is monumental. Monumental for hip-hop, man. All the things that we done discussed about all the different albums and, and you know, records and, and things of that nature that were released since the year we've been doing this, I think it's worth repeating that hip-hop is not dead. It is at its most alive right now. 2016. No doubt. All right, man. So check it out, man. No better time than to get started, to get going with our review. People's instinctive travels in the paths of rhythm. Now, a little knowledge for your brains. Everybody takes the easy way out. You know what I'm saying? If it's something they have to think about, they don't ever really give it a chance. And it's unfortunate because there's a lot of good music out there if you just sit and listen to it. You know what I mean? But they'd rather go 
with a catchy hook instead of lyrically listen to the whole song. They'll just listen to the hook and the beat, get they drink and they smoke and they dance on, and that's it. You know what I'm saying? But there's more to life than just that. You know what I'm saying? You can get your party on, your groove on or whatever, but there's people that go to work every day. There's people that are on welfare every day. There's people that go to the library and learn something every day. You know what I'm saying? So, unfortunately, these kids, they'd rather listen to us kick it in a rhyme or a verse than listen to their own teacher at school. And on that note, being that it's unfortunate, we still have to deal with it. So being that they'd rather listen to us, we got to kick something else to them other than what kind of car I drive or how many chicks I brought home from the party last night, you know, stuff like that. It's cool because I get down like that, no problem. But, you know what I mean? Let's give these youth something else because this is all that's all this music is, a youth movement. If we fill their head with nothing but BS, they're going to go out like that. You know what I'm saying? And everybody's trying to have kids now. And come on, man, you know. Let's get it together. A brother who ain't dissing, slinging this and that, cause this and that was missing. Instead, it's been injected, the tribe has been perfected. Oh, yes, it's been selected, the art makes it protected. Afrocentric living, Africans be given a lot to the cause, cause the cause has been risen. Some brothers they be flamming, thinking we ain't slamming, coming off like the days when we used to wear the Tamsin. A blue collar talker, hemisphere stalker, a glass of OJ and a 10 mile walker. If you're in a Jeep and you dig what you're hearing, can I get a beep and a side order of cheering? I am what I am, that's the trouble man. We all know the colors, we all must So I'm gonna kick it off with a question. Let's kick it off with a question. When you first heard, when you first heard Tribe, when you first heard People's Instinctive Travels in the past rhythm. What was your initial response? What was your initial reaction? And be honest, because I'm gonna be honest with you. Oh no, I didn't. I didn't. I didn't feel it at first. I, I think I had mentioned it in the intro mm-hmm. that um, you know I was more so thinking that they were kind of you know a little bit more on the copycat side of things, mm-hmm. um, just simply because of the way they first came off, not necessarily because of their lyrics, because they really didn't give them a chance. And it wasn't until you know after. Uh, after it dropped, you know, that I think it was uh, the summer after I got home from the Marine Corps, man, where I really, you know, got into it. And I was like, wow, I really missed out on this, you know, and I'm not ashamed to admit it, you know, because I think it gave me a better appreciation for them. And then I really started digging into them a little bit more, started digging into Q-Tip a little bit more. And, you know, my curiosity was peaked because I was late <laughs> to the party. So here I am, you know, becoming a study rat on them. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it just took off from there. You know, the whole native tongue influence. I mean, it's where they come from. And, and, and people instinctive, man, it just really sets it off. No doubt, man. And, um... Let me tell you where I'm coming from with it, man. So back then, you figure this album dropped 1990, something like that. Right. So I'm just a young kid, man, you know. And uh, back then, 1990, I mean, it was what was, if you think about what was really popular, 
back then. I mean, you're talking about Public Enemy. You know, I remember, you know, back then, my brother was a huge fan of Public Enemy. And I used to mess with him so bad. I used to call it Public Enema. Public Enema. You know, and he used to hate me. He used to, he used to chase me around the house for calling his, his his beloved Chuck D Public Enema. You know, but I was, and everybody was feeling Public Enemy. They had a message that uh, that hadn't been told, that hadn't been told in that way. You know, and they had their own their own distinctive way of doing it, man. But then Daylock came out with that three feet high joint, and it was it was fucking weird, right? I mean, it was something that it wasn't popular to stand out and say, "Yo, I'm feeling Daylock," because they were weird. You know what I mean? It, it wasn't it wasn't black power. It wasn't hard. It was soft. It was soft. You know what I mean? Trigoy, you know, Post, Maceo, they were soft. They were weird. You know what I'm saying? And so to like Daylight, you was weird. You, you would get laughed at. But I think I think on the low, a lot of people was feeling them. They would come on video music box and, and things of that nature on the radio. People, you know, they didn't change the station. You feel me? No, then, no doubt. Yeah, and then so I was feeling their lie. That was that was right up my alley, man, because I didn't know it at the time, but I had that creative sort of mind. You know, I was always drawing and and you know, things of that nature. And so when I heard Daylight instinctively I gravitated toward them. And then I heard people's instinctives. And his tribe is just a natural progression, you know, from Daylight. It's the same type of vibe. You know what I mean? Almost the same kind of samples. You know, you got the, the soul, the funk, the jazz, and things of that nature. I mean, Prince Paul is, is very similar to Q-Tip in that way. But then you get people's instinctive, and you get exposed to the musical genius of Q-Tip. You know, even though Tribe was, you know, was, was, was Fife, was Q-Tip, was Droby, was, you know, Ali Shaheed. You didn't know it at the time, but what you were being exposed to back in 1990 was the musical genius of Q-Tip. You know what I mean? And so you get people's instinctive travels and the paths of rhythm, and you begin with track number one, which is Push It Along. You're talking about a song that has no less than five samples, five or six samples. And the way that Q-Tip now, you know me, John, I look at things, I, I, I approach them from the production standpoint. And the way he meshes that sound together to create this, this hip hop symphony of sound using those samples, at the time you don't realize it, but it's genius. It's complete genius. You know, and then if you look at how the song is structured, it's four verses. It's Q-tip, it's all Q-tip. Fife has a little, a little verse in the middle, a little blurb, you know, and again, what you don't realize at the time is that Q-Tip was writing the lyrics for everybody. He wrote the lyrics for himself, obviously, but he also wrote the lyrics for, for Fife. I mean, he, he was admittedly not ready, you know, at 16, 17 years old, he wasn't ready to handle, you know, uh, or he wasn't ready to, to deliver, you know, Q-Tip's vision for Tribe Called Quest. And, you know, if you listen to the song, Push It Along, it's all Q-tip from the production standpoint to the lyrical standpoint. It's all tip. Like you mentioned the samples, man, and I like looking at those because yeah, that was the music that our parents listened to. No doubt. You know what I mean? So when you, mm -hmm. you know, I'm not even going to even start naming all of them, but there were a ton of samples on this. I think I, what you said, five or six? At least five or six, man. Yeah, man. I mean, and it's, I mean, it's from a crazy list, but. What struck out to me from the, or stuck out to me, excuse me, from the list of samples on this is that pretty much a lot of the samples were from that 
late 60s through that 70s time frame. Mm-hmm. So when I, again, when I started listening to this, again, I got on it a year late. I was on Daylight before I was on Tribe. But I knew whoever was picking the samples and everything, they definitely had a strong ear for music. If we're going to dig into the lyrics, man, I mean, if, if I could even provide just an overall bird's eye view of, of Tribe, man, they were just so playful with it, man. No doubt. So playful with it. I mean, it was such a hard left, such a departure from that hard-hitting street report, you know, black power movement that was hitting at the time in 1990. I mean, you look how Q-Tip opens it up, man. Q-Tip is my title. I don't think that it's vital for me to be your idol, but dig this recital. If you can't envision a brother who ain't dissing, slinging this and that, because this and that was missing. I mean, who's he, who's he talking about right there, man? He's, he's acknowledging the path that hip-hop is on at the time. He's also acknowledging at the same time, which was genius, try being about all that nonsense, man. You know, we're on a much more conscious plane than that. Not saying that what, what, was, what was hitting at the time. I'm talking about NWA, public enemy, things of that nature. I'm not talking about that that was, was wrong. I mean, it was, you know, it was the direct result of the environment at the time. They were just in a whole different situation, man. I mean, in... Right there, right after that verse that you just said, the Afrocentric living, mm-hmm. Africans be given mm-hmm. a lot to the cause because the cause has been risen. It's still you here. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I mean, mm-hmm. so when you so when you think about, they were still giving you that Afrocentric vibe, but they were giving it to you in a more type of laid back type of way. They they weren't PE with it, but they were saying pretty much the same PE message. I think that's why. I related to them as much as I did, man, because you think about it, man, Chuck and, you know, Flav and them, they were much older than we were as kids. Tip was a kid just like I was a kid back then, you know what I mean? So I felt like he was talking to me more so than than what Public Enemy was talking. I couldn't relate to NWA at all, at all, man. I didn't know nothing about what they was talking about, but it was it was still dope. I still listened to the, to the story that they were telling. I still learned from what they were saying, but Tribe, yeah, no doubt, man. No doubt. Mm-hmm. You know, we talk about how great artists, their work is timeless. And from the very beginning, when you think about Tip, you can go right to the middle towards the end of verse four. And he says, the pigs are wearing blue. And in a year or two, we'll be going up the creek in a great big canoe. What are we going to do? Save me, my brothers. Hop inside the bed and pull over the covers. Never will we, you know, he's talking about, again, that police brutality. We can take it up a little further. Money gives a nudge to the poet star bandit. Control it, then recluse it. Follow, you won't lose it. Mysterious is the tribe, for we choose it. Although she flipping crazy, give me love, Gracie. You see how these lyrics right here are still apropos to today. Tribe still had the same issue. They still had the same problems that people that groups like right. you know Public Enemy and NWA did, they just they just presented them in a much more in a much different way from their lens, which was on that artistic side, on that creative side, and just you know Q-Tip's view on 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 life. I mean that's what the song's about. Push it along, you know what I mean. If you can't handle, you know what's what, what's going on right now in society, you got to push it along. You got to keep moving, man. I mean how he ends the song. This society of fake reality ain't nothing but a peg of informality. While I sing my song, sing it all day long. If you can't pull it, all you got to do is push it along. 
There it is. It's a conscious song. Positivity right there, man. And he's, he's, acknowledging the, he's acknowledging the ills of society, what we have to go through and deal with as young black men. Brother, 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 Lucy and you like no other. Listen very close, cause I don't like to boast. Instead, I tell the tale of the French who prevailed. Through the Mr. Crazy Rabbits who were always on his tail. Rent ain't on sale, your roommate starts to wail. Get caught with stolen goods, then you will go to jail. If you go to jail, then who will pay the bail? To put you back to France on a ship with a sail. Escargo, Lucy and you eat snails. Hey, yo, Tim, what's wrong with snails? From the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris. Yeah. Came to America to find liberty. Uh -huh. Instead of finding pleasure, all your family's misery. Mm -hmm. Well, listen, Lucy, and you have a friend in me. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt batty. Next time you pick some wheels, make it a caddy. In terms of doing good, I know you wish you really could. But listen, brother man, I really think you can. Succeed with the breed of the brothers who you back. It's the creme de la creme. And you can vouch for that, it'll take a minute, nice. So take my advice. Trust in us, thus you trust in your life. Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and Lucy and you. Now, there's a couple things that I want to discuss about this track here before we really get into it. This is a genius, completely dope creation of music by Q-Tip. Again, he dips back into the Beatles well with All You Need Is Love. But um, I got to admit something to you, man. The luck of Lucian. I don't think I knew what Lucian was or who... He was referring to the second, the third, the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the hundredth time I listened to the song. Didn't understand who he was talking about and didn't necessarily pick up on the references that he was making in the song. But you know, you know, as we as we get older and as we dig into, you know, the track and as I, you know, really started studying tribe, I realized and I understood and learned that they were talking about an artist called Lucien from France, from Paris, who relocated to New York City and the troubles and the struggles that he was having in New York City, trying to understand and learning how to move in the United States, specifically in New York City, which can be very daunting. Lots of tricks and scams and cons that, that you're going to be subject to if you don't really understand what's going on. I'm talking specifically about the fiends talking about the girls you know and you know him trying to assimilate into society in new york you know back in the late 80s you know i mean think about how daunting and how intimidating that must have been for this young man back then you know what i mean no doubt man i mean again i didn't pick up on it when i first heard it but after you know you, you keep digging you keep digging you keep listening you keep listening then i was like wait a minute this is kind of like a slick rick type joint it was later on when when i found out and figured out that the cat that he was talking about was a real person right and if you listen if you listen to tip it's not a diss track you know what i mean he's comically reminiscing about the trials and tribulation that this man had to go through for example we start at the top man he's talking about his introduction to New York coming off the boat, he was like, yo, if you get caught stealing, you're going to go to jail. If you go to jail, then who's going to pay your bail? You don't have a crew. You don't have a family here. It's just you by yourself. Right. What's going to happen is you're going to be deported back to France on a ship with a sail. And then he's like, yo, escargot, Lucien, you eat snails? <laughs> from the Zulu nation, from a town called Paris, came to America to find liberty. Instead of finding pleasure, all you found was misery. But then Q-Tip flips it. But listen, Lucien, you have a friend in me. Oh, luck, luck will drive your butt bad. But next time you get some wheels, make it a caddy. So he's schooling him. You know, I'm going to show you how to do this. I'm going to show you how to move in New York. I like this track, man. I like this because oh, yeah, Q-Tip kind of took this dude on their wings and tried to show him 
what it takes, what it takes to, to make it in New York City as a hip hop artist. If you listen to the story that Q-Tip's telling here, you know, he's telling you, I'm not contributing to the exploitation of this young man. I know he's the fish out of water over here, man. He, you know, and the lessons that he's teaching, he's also exposing his listeners, his audience, his fans to life in New York. Talking about the grind. You know, that's what, that's what uh, Tip breaks it down to him in verse three. Mm-hmm. You got to get a grip on your mission. You'll be talking. Mm-hmm. You know, sure, the sugar babies want to give you a chance. You know who the sugar babies are. No doubt. That's that pay for play. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So he's telling them, you know, stay away from all that. It's that cautionary tale. And I, again, up until about 10 years ago, man, I thought it was a made-up person. And I didn't know that this was a cat who, you know, was 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 really trying to uh, make a difference over in France through hip-hop. Tip was bigging him up in order to try to give him a little bit more play, a little bit more love. So therefore, he can make it in hip hop. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, it was kind of like an elevation track. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Let me let me help you out. Mm-hmm. And like you already mentioned, it, Scott, he double dipped on the Beatles. All you need is love. <laughs> you know what I mean? And used it right here on the second song of the LP. So, how dope of a producer do you have to be to not only double dip on the same sample, but to run it back to back? And people not even really pick up on it. Ten after one, I think I hop for a horse. Downtown, A of three, of course. Just came from fishing, couldn't get a catch. Downtown, they probably have a batch. A white sandwich, and again, it's stout. But with the beer, though, I had a bout. So I exchanged it for some apples. The blues, but I shook them loose. A jeep is blasted from the urban streets. Loops of funk over hardcore beats. The moon dabbles in the morning sky. As the minutes just creep on by, I get a thought and here comes my tribe. Ritual shakes and in good vibes. Like always, the quest begins. In the mist though, but the rhythms move in. We find a spot and we sit and chat. Speaking on the status quo of rap. A derelict makes a real long speech. Famines in the crazy crimes, inflation of the nation it bothers me. I better go gold to pay the taxes. Gotta be swift, society. The man who's made is the man who maxes. The grounds for living are being discussed. As we go, it gets close to dusk. Gather thoughts and save a breath, cause there's only a few hours left. I really, really like this joint. I really love this joint because, you know, it's, it's kind of letting you in on a night in the life of a tribe called Quest. It's just a regular night. You know what I'm saying? I mean, Tip is, is, is bringing you in and, and kind of walking you through, you know, what happens during, you know, just a regular night hanging out with them. You know what I'm saying? And one of the things I love about Tribe, and I'm going to use uh, an analogy that my good friend Amber Davis used when trying to describe another group, another hip-hop group. She said, trying to, she said, you know, basically, you're trying to understand Tribe is like trying to understand an inside joke that you're not a part of. You know what I mean? Like the way they describe things, the way they talk about different nuances, the way they describe different uh, different events that occur throughout the night and the words that, that Q-Tip uses. 
like I said, it's 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 specific. It's very very specific to their environment. Very very specific to their crew. Very very specific to their regions. And if you don't get it, then you just won't get it. I'm not gonna read through the whole song, man, but he kicks it off perfectly. Ten after one, I think I'll hop the horse. Downtown 83, of course. Just came from fishing. I couldn't get a catch. But downtown, they'll probably have a batch. You know, he's talking about, you know, the females. A whiting sandwich and a Guinness stout. But with the beer, though, I had a bout. So I exchanged it for some apple juice. I had the blues, but I shook them loose. A deep is blasting from the urban streets. Loops of funk over hardcore beats. He's setting up. He's setting the tone. He's setting the environment. We find a spot and we sit and chat, speaking on the status quo of rap. A derelict makes a real long speech. We pay attention to the words he reads. When he was done, we rattled on. There was no rush because it wasn't doing. That sounds like you and me. This is grown folk hip hop right here. If you listen to the samples, then you you hear the fact that he has such an old ear. He has such an old soul. So the fact that he's writing on such a mature level wasn't that surprising to me once I started digging into it and saying, oh, wow, you know, dude got an ear, man. You know what I mean? And, and there are some of those cats who come along who they have that ability and they're beyond their ages. That's why he was able to make a positive sound for himself as well as Trap Call Quest. I mean, if you go down to verse two, man, girls be screaming on this conversation. I have my two cents for a revelation and my watch continually ticks top. To me, what he was saying is, my mind is always, uh, you know, my mind is always ringing. My mind is always thinking. I'm always moving ahead mentally. You know what I mean? I'm not about what everyone else is about. You know what I mean? I'm not over here just trying to bang a bunch of broads and do this, that, and the other. I'm about trying to make this music. And this music is in me, and it's the only way that I can get it, get it out. I'm an artist. You know what I mean? How can LeBron be LeBron at such a young age? You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's just that it factor. You know, you kind of said exactly what I was feeling. Q-Tip was just so far ahead of kind of everyone else, you know, in his class. You know what I'm saying? He was so far ahead in, you know, listening and to this track here, it was, it was kind of bittersweet, man, because here we are, track three, but gradually kind of pulling you into Tribe's world to Tribe's vision, introducing you to the various characters. And if I could kind of continue, and, 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 you know, where you left off on verse three, he says, oh my God, here's Fife again. Hear him talking about last night's game, trying to remember some, someone's name. I mean, that's bittersweet right there, man, because we all know Fife's love for sports. You know what I mean? And you're kind of hearing that for the first time here in this track, number three. You know, and knowing what we know now about who Tribe is or who they were and what they were to become and how much love we had for the members of tribe and kind of hearing these introductions for the first time it's so bittersweet man there will never be another tribe as we start trudging, me and my brothers, we be looking and be bugging. Vehicles of life, they be rolling and be nudging. Searching for the virgins of life, that be shoving at the door that's cracked. The valleys of time are always on my feet, at least the beat will combine. The calluses and corns with a funky bass line. You won't need underdog for a nickel shoe shine on the shoes that's tacked. But can I get a level on the bass and on the treble? 
putting up and down like a UNLV rebel. The answer be ambitious, what we really dig acoustics. Can't be too much slacking, not too much backing. You must contain the neck at least to dip your hip and back. Your feet will be in motion, so at least realize the fact. The rhythms are inserted and the nerves can be converted. This ain't rock and roll, cause the rap is in control. If you're a mega star, will you buy you a car? I'd rather go get footing, the prince I will be putting. All over the earth, we can get there first. Now that we are in it, footprints will be your printed. So if you recognize them, you can try to size them. They'll probably be the ones with the size that I'm flying. All over the hill, you don't have to yield. If you want protection, you can hop behind the shield. Now, this is one of my favorite tracks for a variety of different reasons. I don't know if you remember um, a poem back in the day uh, called Footprints, right? And it was basically talking about you know, how we go through life struggles. I don't remember it word for word, but my father had it mounted on his wall in his room. Right. And I used to always see it when I was to go into his room and I carry it with me to this day. But it talks about how you go through life's struggles and, and strifes and things of that nature. And it's very easy to place blame you know, on those that are tasked with protecting us. In this case, it's Jesus, right? So the writer of the poem is talking about how he complained to Jesus, like, where were you? You know, I'm looking at the footprints in the sand, right? And all I see, you know, we're walking side by side. But when things got really tough, all I saw was one set of footprints. Where were you? You know, when 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 my life was was rough, you, you disappeared on me. And Jesus responded back and he was like, you know, my brother... I was carrying you during those those hard times. That's why you only saw one set of footprints. You know what I mean? And I, and when I when I hear this song, when I hear the title of the song, that's the first thing I think about is that poem. If you dig into the song, if you dig into the lyrics, if you listen to what Q-Tip is telling you, Reverend Jesse Jackson, stand tall, stand tall. He says it over a hundred times in the song. Of course, Cannonball Adderley, one of our heroes of jazz music. The fact that he chose to use that artist, you know, as the backbone of this track, I mean, says pretty much all you need to know about Q-Tip's appreciation for music, the culture, and what it means to us as black people. I mean, he's talking about, you know, as we start trudging, me and my brothers would be looking and be bugging. You know, I think somebody that has a true grasp of our history as black people would only understand how to use that word, trudging. Us as black people, especially coming up through the civil rights movement and things of that nature, we were soldiers. You know, our forefathers, they were soldiers. You know, they they, they came on the scene. Inch by inch. Yeah, and they, yeah. Demanded, they demanded respect. You know what I mean? I think he's pulling from that history, and he chose his samples very carefully and his words very carefully in this track, man. He talks about vehicles of life. They be rolling and be nudging, searching for the versions of life. You know, those that are probably scared to do anything. Q-Tip's wordplay is just genius, man. Searching for the virgins of life. Who talks like that, man? You know what I mean? Somebody that got that deep soul pocket, man. Right. I mean, and I don't mean to cut you off. No, nah, it's cool. But let's just talk about the sample that he used, which is Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Oh, yeah. In the beginning, hell. All right. Mm -hmm. So, right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, Sir Duke by Stevie Wonder. Mm -hmm. And if you know your Stevie Wonder, which I know you do, <laughs> but for the rest of the podcast listeners, this was an LP that was dedicated by Stevie Wonder to the great Duke Ellington after he passed away. Mm. With footprints, I took it in the literal sense that he was following in the footprints of not only Stevie Wonder, but also Duke Ellington and how he comprised his music as a producer and how he put all those things together. You know what I mean? He always closes the show well. 
And the end of verse three, a Nubian, a Nubian, a proud one at that. Remember me, the brother who said black is black. Mm -hmm. For in my mind's eye, when I line up all those items, man, to me, he's he's giving that P.E. message without it being so blaring in your face with a finger pointing at you. Right, so militant. Right. It's the same, right. It's the same message. Mm -hmm. This song really resonated with me, man, because it's about the legacy of the culture is what he's speaking about in my mind's eye. Now this was this was this was the introduction to a tribe called Quest. Remember, this was the video that they released. This was the song they released as a single to kind of introduce themselves to hip hop. You know, Q-Tip had already been on one of the Jungle Brothers records, so we kind of already knew who Q-Tip was, but we didn't understand or, or really know who a tribe called Quest was. And I thought this song right here was a great introduction. It was funny. It was witty. You know, the video was uh, was crazy. I mean, nobody, at least from the East Coast, we didn't understand or really know where El Segundo was. It sounded like some crazy off-the-wall place, you know, out in the middle of the desert. And I think that's the vision, that's the vision that they presented with the video. But in, you know, digging in the lyrics and really, you know, listening to what Tip was talking about, I think we all know where his wallet is. It's in that diner, <laughs> right, where he, was, where he was trying to check out that shorty, man. But... But yeah, man, I think this was a great introduction. It was perfect. You know what I mean? It was it was radio friendly. You know, it was like I said, it was funny and witty. You know, but I have so many questions, man. I got so many questions about this, man. I I, I always wonder. He's only including himself and Ali. He doesn't include Fife or Jerobi at all. So I, I wonder, I really wonder what the original intent of a tribe called Quest was. Was it truly defined in the beginning? And it probably wasn't. See what I'm saying? I mean, Fife probably wasn't included originally or in the plans because he wasn't on his track at all. They didn't even discuss him. It was Tip and it was Ali riding to Cali and riding back to Brooklyn. That's what makes Fife so important on the low end theory. On bugging right. out. The fact that he brought in low end theory with bugging out the way he did. <laughs> this is going to sound crazy. Okay. This is one of my least favorite tracks from Trap. You know, and. This is one of the reasons why I really didn't mess with them when they first came out, because to me, this seemed too gimmicky. Mm -hmm. 
You know, now, again, going back a year after release and listening to the whole LP and really digging into it, I can, you know, I don't want to say I can tolerate it, but, you know, now it's kind of like a nice distraction, if you will. And, and, and I think that's originally what it was meant for, to be a nice distraction, because they are putting down a lot. And we talked about that before on the PE episode, how, you know, Flay was a necessary distraction because... Chuck was putting down so much of so so much of that knowledge. You needed to take a second in order to let your brain digest what you just heard before you get the next dose. Now I did feel it for the simple reason my first car was a green 1968 Dodge Dart. <laughs> so you know what I'm saying. And uh, you know when I was in high school. Uh, Let's just say we we uh, used that car for a lot of different things. <laughs> when I heard that part, that was a little reminiscent, so that made my ears perk up a little bit. So again, I found it, you know, I found it clever, yeah. but I didn't find it lyrical. Yeah, I don't think it was meant to be. I think it was meant to be that that silly radio friendly track that um that allowed Tribe to enter the scene, so to speak, you know. But again, this is one of the reasons why I related to them, man, because. You know, um, at the time, you know, my mom was was sick, man. And so she was in and out of the hospital and um, she was going to Johns Hopkins. I'm I'm up in Jersey. Johns Hopkins is down in Baltimore. So she would go to Johns Hopkins for like a week at a time to get treatment and things of that nature. So, you know, not having a lot of money, she would leave me, my brother and my sister at home alone, you know, for a week. And my grandparents would come check on us. My dad would come check on us. But for all intents and purposes, I mean, we were alone. You know, I'm you know, we were old enough to be able to do that, man. But. Hey, I got my driver's permit, the car's in the driveway, keys upstairs in my room, and my mom says before she leaves to go to the hospital, that car better be in the driveway at all times. That's like leaving <laughs> fresh meat out for a hungry dog, man, and telling them. That's not like to, saying take the car. Yeah, and telling them not to eat it. So what do I do the right. first night? I'm cruising. There it is. I'm cruising, man. So when I heard this song, you know, it, it was during that time. So I think I think literally, you know, what I was going through in my life at the time, coupled with the message of this song, is what you know lured me to Tribe. And um, I love the story that Q-Tip told in Mike Rapp's um, documentary about Tribe Called Quest, Beach Rhymes in Life. Um, yeah, that's a pretty dope documentary. Yeah, man. And Q-Tip kind of broke down the concept of this song. He got it from Sanford and Son. <laughs> you know, Fred Sanford was always talking about. Right. El Segundo, you know, Godzilla eats El Segundo, you know, how he's going right, back and right. forth with Lamont and things of that nature. So that's where the that's where the concept of El Segundo and why he chose that city in Cali, that's where he got it from. You know, us being from the East Coast, you know, Q-Tip also being from New York, bro, we didn't understand what El Segundo was. So when I heard this, I still thought it was, you know, kind of like one of those fictitious spots. Right. It sounds crazy, you right? El I mean? Segundo. Yeah, yeah, no yeah. doubt. I just thought it was something that Fred Sanford talked about. <laughs> I didn't know it was real. Yeah, you know what I mean? I knew the Watts were real because of history books and the Watts riots. So when Fred would talk about the Watts, you know, I, I, I knew Watts was real. Mm-hmm. So the fact that his junkyard was in Watts, I, I knew that was <laughs> necessarily the best neighborhood. Mm-hmm. Hence, he, hence why he had Rollo. <laughs> favorite show, favorite theme song. Right, right. Quincy Jones, shout out Quincy Jones, much respect. There it is.
with the program Greetings, it seems that I've forgotten your name But it seems that she's done the same And now something has happened Suddenly she's been distracted By something that has been attracted She poked and poked and smacked at it Then she broke down and she scratched it Now I think you understand Clint saw the doctor flex his biceps Then he picked up a pair of forceps Now, before we even get into the track, man, let's talk about the name of the song real quick. Obviously, it's a playoff of Public Enemy, Chuck D, Flavor Flav, Terminator X, S1Ws. What do you think about that? I'm just going to say it like this, man. It, they did a great job doing that. And it wasn't until one night I was sitting down with one of my boys. I was like, hey, you know, I really like that, you know, Public Enemy cut by uh, Tribe Called Quest. Yo, he fell off the couch laughing. <laughs> he was like, man, fool, that's Pubic Enemy. Yeah. I was like, what? I was like, oh, hell. <laughs> I was like, man, for the last six months or so, I've been thinking in my head, this was, you know, this 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 was Public Enemy. I ain't had no idea. Yeah. Well, you know, the mind, the mind plays tricks on you, you know what I mean? It definitely right. plays tricks on you. And back then, Public Enemy was everything, man. But Exactly. But, hey, man. You know, let's let's talk about the production just for a quick second, you know, and the obvious connection to, to cool DJ Red Alert who's on this track with Q Tip. I mean, this is one of the most underrated tracks on the whole album from a production right. standpoint. You know what I mean? This is one of the things that goes hard in the club if you hear it. You know what I mean? The bass line is crazy. But it's one of the most responsible songs I think Tribe has ever done. Obviously the songs about STDs and uh, being responsible, you know, with your sexual partner. You know what I mean? And in the in the obvious Things that can go wrong if you don't choose your your partner's right. If you if you sleep around, you know what I mean. And um, it's a scary song, man. And anything that has to do with STDs is just damn scary, man. So it talks about it from the female perspective and also the male's perspective, man. And um, I gotta tell you, man, this is one of the things I think that really that really made Tribe stand out, in my opinion, because you know this is part of the that social commentary that wasn't really really hit on you know what I mean and that's you know safe sex and this is an obvious this is an obvious lesson right here this is a lesson song no doubt man I mean and at the end of the day man you know when I was in the Marine Corps they used to call it going to get your board punched mm. and fortunately enough I never experienced it but people who did explained it and let me tell you uh, for you guys out there <laughs> if you don't know what getting your board punched means oh see man yeah order to pull out and then they send that off to find out what you got and let me tell you just from the people who had to get that done explaining it to me jimmy hats were definitely on tap (laughs) you understand what i'm saying because i did not want to experience that you just gave me shivers man i mean you know with that in mind (laughs) let's take a look at the last part of the first verse man you know the girl the girl's burning you know, just just to put it bluntly, she's burning, and she went to the doctor. And um, so I'm gonna just I'm gonna just pick you up at the last part of the first verse, man. Clinic saw the doctor flex his biceps. He picked up a pair of forceps. Her pretty face showed fright. Right then and there, she fainted. A really grim picture is painted. The brother who she acquainted was the enemy. Scary, ain't it? The pubic enemy. <sighs> Bruh. As a female, Bruh. as a female, if that don't resonate, I don't know what does. Listen, 
if you're responsible for putting me in that situation, there is no forgive and there is no forget. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And with this day of social media, if I was still a single cat, man, I'd be sure that would be the most ridiculous thing in the world, man. Because at the end of the day, man, like you said, it's about being responsible. And let's talk about what was going on throughout the world at this time. You know, HIV, herpes. People forget, man, one of my favorite, favorite tennis players of all time, Arthur Ashe, man. You know what I mean? Come out, and he unfortunately passed away from uh, HIV and eventually AIDS, you know? And you think about the political climate at the time. You know, the Reagans were in office, and when HIV, AIDS first came out, the federal government wouldn't provide funding for research. People were just dying. Mm -hmm. And the federal government would not supply financial dollars for research until, guess what? Ronald Reagan's daughter came out as homosexual. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So then after that, funding started pouring in for HIV and AIDS research. You know, and again, at the same time, you know, herpes, you know what I mean? People were talking about, you know, they call that the luggage. You know what I mean? Because you can never get rid of it. Mm-hmm. So you figure a person like Q-Tip, so you figure he's watching this on the news. I mean, it's, you know, people, you know, young folks, AIDS was on the news like 9-11 was on the news. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, you know, you have Magic Johnson come out in the late 80s, early 90s as being infected with HIV. I don't know if Q-Tip's a big Laker fan, but... If you were a sports fan of any regard, you knew about Magic Johnson having HIV. And then this song, Pubic Enemy, this was all the backdrop, inspiration for Q-Tip to write Pubic Enemy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But when you listen to the song and you get into the lyrics, man. It also, for me, it, it showed the maturation, the growing maturation of Tip as a lyricist. As the producer on the track and as the lyricist, you can feel the growing maturation and you can feel, you know, Q-Tip's status as a leader of this movement. People did not want to face the issue at hand, and that was that people are dying, people are getting sick. You know, Tip, the fact that he included this on their debut album is incredibly responsible of him, man. Question the authority. Bring in this track. And I'm going to bring it in the way Q-Tip brought it in. 
Do I love you? Do I lust for you? Am I a sinner because I do the two? Could you let me know right now, please? Hey, man, listen, listen. Q-Tip tapped into so many emotional things on this debut album, right? I mean, like I said in part one, in the club, I don't care if he was in the club or, 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 or a house party or whatever like that. When Benita came on, you better be linked up. If you had your eye on Shorty, you know what I mean, throughout the night, if you ain't linked up with her when this song came on, it's too late. If this was a, a different kind of a song because Tip wasn't rapping on this. He was talking. Throughout the whole song, he was talking, like having a conversation with you. I think as a genius song, the production was ridiculous. It was just lazy. It was it was laid back. It was smooth. And then you had just Tip just riding, riding that bass groove, man. Talking Ooh, to was, you. He was he was deep in the pocket on yeah, this one, man. Talking to you about that girl with the fat ass, man. <laughs> right? No, right? No doubt. Right? No doubt. And this is again, we talk about motivations, right? We talk about motivations, right? Mm. So we talk about you know. If you listen to hip hop and you let it talk to you, you know what I mean? Because I posted some stuff today on the uh, podcast page and I said, you know, music speaks volumes. And I wanted to go back and I wanted to edit it because I wanted to say music speaks in volumes. Mm -hmm. Jeans became part of, for lack of a better term, dress clothes. Mm -hmm. So as a result, because they were so form-fitting, the three most popular jean brands for females to see a girl's nice derriere were Calvin Klein, Jordache, and Chardon. You had all the biggest stars, as far as females, rocking jeans in jean commercials. Mm -hmm. So you figure Benita Applebone, you know, we talk about what's inspirational. He's talking about that girl, with, like you said, with that fat ass in those jeans. You know, you figure, you know, how things matriculate and how things mature. You had a cat out of St. Louis who came up with Apple Bottom. Yeah, Nelly's Apple Bottom jeans. You know, I remember when that whole Apple Bottom thing hit, you know, what was that, like mid-2000, mid you know, like 2004 or something like that, when uh, when Nelly and, you know, T-Pain came out with his Apple Bottom jeans joint. You mm -hmm. know what I mean? And uh, Twister, Overnight Celebrity, everybody's talking about Apple Bottom this, Apple Bottom that. Yo, Q-Tip came up with that. Cute no team up at that. You know what I mean? That's that's a that's an invention of tribe. You know what I mean? So from I mean, this song right here. From this song right here. This this song here, Benita Apple Bum, this is a this is a institution. <laughs> for lack of a <laughs> for lack of a better word, because we all, I mean, come on, man. 38, 24, 37, we all know who that come. is. We all got a, a picture of that in our mind. And we all got a, a, a particular female who we attribute that to. When I first heard 38, 24, 37, I was like, ah, that was a little bit disappointing. I got to admit, <laughs> because they because they could have reached back and, you know, gave the homage to the Commodores with Brickhouse. Because what were the measurements in Brickhouse? Was it the same? 34, oh. 34, 26, 38. So when I first heard that, I was like, ah, did tip, I love you. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what I mean, I know you had to make it your own. And through art, you know, maybe he had to go to, with the 38, 24, 37 mm -hmm. in order to make it his own so he wouldn't have copyright infringements on uh, Brickhouse. Right, right. But when you think about it, this is the next iteration. And that's why I love hip-hop so much. That's why I love music. Let me just make it real, real plain. That's why I love music so much, man, because 
if you pay attention, again, music speaks in volumes. When you pay attention to it, you can see how it matures. You can see that next iteration. So while Bonita Applebaum is the next iteration of Brick House, and, you know, yeah. we can keep moving it forward. We can keep moving it forward. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, this is one of them classic tracks, man. I mean, got so many memories, so many memories about this song, and most of them are good. You know what I mean? I think about Listen. college. I think about, you know, what I was doing when songs like this, when this song would, would come on. I'm not going to name no names. Protect the innocent. <laughs> No names. Including myself. (laughs) My favorite, favorite part of this song is the second part of verse two. Only you and me, hun. The love never dies. Satisfaction, I have the right tactics. And if you need them, I got crazy prophylactics. So far, I hope you like rap songs. But need an apple ball? You gotta put me on can I kick it? Yes, you can. 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 Well, I'm gone. Can I kick it? To all the people who can quest like a tribe does Before this, did you really know what live was? Comprehend to the track force, why? Cause getting mentions on the tip of the vibe buzz Rock and roll to the beat of the funk fuzz Wipe your feet really good on the rhythm rug If you feel the urge to freak, do the jitterbug Come and spread your arms if you really need a hug Afrocentric living is a big shrug A life filled with that's what I love A lower plateau is what we're above If it diss us, we won't even think of We'll nip of the dog and give a big shove This rhythm really fits like a snug glove Like a box of positives, it's a plus love As the trial flies high like a dove And I know everybody, podcast listeners, you're used to Scott bringing in each particular cut But I had to bring this cut in for one simple reason This is probably the only time I'm going to get to speak (laughs) because I know for a fact already this is Scott's favorite, favorite cut from A Tribe Called Quest, which is his favorite crew outside of Nas. So So with that being said, man, I just got one thing to say about this cut. This is the ultimate laid back party cut most ever created. Check it out. You you are right. 100% right. This is my favorite tribe joint. Uh, with Check the Rhyme, uh, a close number two, real close number two. Verses of it, verses from the abstract, is 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 right after Check the Rhyme. But let me let me tell you, let me kind of set the the tone here for a second, man. So I learned some things. I keep referring back to that Mike Rap documentary, you know, Beats and Rhymes, and um, one of the things that I learned about this particular cut right here, my favorite part of that documentary is Q-Tip kind of recreating the production to this song and to, you know telling you where he got the drums from and all that good stuff man but one of the stories that came out about the production of this track came from Fife when he was talking about Tribe never made one penny off of this song did you know that? I did not know that but you just mentioned it not one dime that bass riff that's Lou Reed walking on the wild side and when they went to Lou Reed and asked him permission to use that 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 bass riff he said no problem as long as you give me all the money that you make from the song and they already had the song done they already had it finished so 
they had to agree to his terms. And to this day, Tribe has never made one penny off of this song because of that. It's crazy. It's crazy because, you know, it's one of the most popular songs. And uh, for me, the significance of this track, if you really dig into who a Tribe Called Quest is and why we love them. We love them because of the banter going back and forth. That volley, that serving volley going back and forth between Tip and Fife. Right? I mean, let's just keep it real. Right? We love it because of that. How they play off of each other, you know, how no how they sound no when they go back and forth. You know, Fife will feed Tip, Tip will feed Fife. And then they do it over top of that classic tribe production that we all know and love. But this is the start of that. This song, Can I Kick It, is 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 how they perfected that. How many songs we we've gone through what? Eight tracks so far? Right. How right. many how many of those eight tracks has Fife been on? One? This is the this is this is when Q-Tip and Fife perfected that servant volley that we love and know so well, right? And then they went in to, to check the rhyme on low-end theory. You know, they really hit the pocket with that. But this is the first time you hear Q-Tip and Fife with that classic serve and volley, man. You know, you know, Q-Tip asks Fife, can I kick it? Can I kick it? Fife comes back, yes, you can. And then Fife does his, and then Q-Tip does his verse. When he's finished, Fife asks Tip, can I kick it? Can I kick it? Yes, you can. Well, I'm gone. And then Fife does his thing. And Fife, you know, his verse on Can I Kick It is my favorite. You know, Can I Kick It? To my tribe that flows in layers. Right now, Fife is a poem sayer. At times, I'm a studio conveyor. Mr. Dinkins, could you please be my mayor? You'll be doing us a really big favor. Boy, this track really has a lot of flavor. Bro, Fife was so clever with that. How he just rolled... You know what I mean? That that rhyme style, conveyor, mayor, favor, flavor, savior, behavior. We gave you. Check your hair. This is my favorite joint that Tribe has done. It was just the most, one of the, I thought at the time and even to this day, one of the most clever songs I ever heard, man. This is when they discovered that that serving volley between Tip and Fife was going to be the formula that would carry them, that would make Tribe, Tribe. And that's why I love this song so much because they figured it out at this moment with this track. Can I kick it? And then they let that ride into Check the Rhyme. You realize that Check the Rhyme is part two. Back in the days on the boulevard, I landed. We used to kick routines and the presence was fitting. It was I, the abstract. And me, the five-footer. I kicks the mad style, so step off the Frankfurter. Yo, Fife, you remember that routine? That we used to make spiffy like Mr. Clean? Um, um, a tidbit, um, a smidgen. I don't get the message, so you got to <laughs> okay. run the pigeon. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. You're on point, Fife. All the time, Tip. But then grab the microphone and let your words rip. Now here's a funky introduction of how nice I am. Tell your mother, tell your father, send a telegram. I'm like an energizer, cause you see I last long. My cool is never ever whack because we stand strong. Now if you say my style is whack, I swear you're dead wrong. I slay that body and El Segundo, then push it along. You be a fool to reply the fight is not the man. Cause you know and I know that you know who I am. A special shout out piece goes out to all my pals, you see. And a middle finger goes for all you punk seats. Cause I love it when you whack them seats, despise me. They get vexed, I will next, gonna contest me. I'm just a fight and see who's five for three and very brave. On top remaining, no home training cause I misbehave. I come correct and full effect of all my holes in check. And before I get the butt, the gym must be a wreck. You see, my aura's positive, I don't promote no junk. See, I'm far from a bully and I ain't a punk. Extremity of rhythm, yeah, that's what you heard. So just clean out your ears and just check the word. Check the vibe. So Scott, man, check it out, yo. I was, you know, I 
Had to go get a haircut, man, because a uh, good friend of mine, her birthday's tonight. Shout out Nicole. Got a nice little dinner planned. So I was coming out the barbershop, and guess who I bumped into? Uh-oh. Is good news or bad news? What's up? Well, it's all good news. Okay. It's, it's all good news. All right, but I, I bumped into Market Street Joe. My man. Yeah. Where's he been at? Man, I, he didn't answer that question. Because <laughs> that's the same thing I asked. I was like, yo, how you been? He goes, pause. I got a line. You got to get in line. I said, all right, cool. I said, all right, cool. I was about three or four people deep, but I was all right with that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm standing there waiting to talk to him. And then when I get up to him, I'm like, yo, where you been? Mm-hmm. He was like, you don't ask money how money moves. Mm-hmm. What you need? I said, I need some new t-shirts. He said, I already got them. They're in the trunk. Marcus Street Joe, what's up, man? How you been? Man, I've been great, man. I've been chilling, man. What's going on, fellas? We good, man. We good. Chill. How you been, man? Mm-hmm. Living the life. Been down there in Miami, South Beach, making things happen. Just giving out a couple t-shirts, a couple flyers for a few other events that are coming up soon in the D.C. area. You know, we're just making things happen. Catch me up. Man, you know, just taking care of these t-shirts, um, trying to get these uh, these hoodies uh, pressed and cleaned up before before the fall gets here. You know, trying to make sure we stay warm this, uh, this uh, winter season. I don't know if it's going to be a good one or a bad one, but we definitely going to be prepared. Other than that, man, you know, we're just looking for our next destination. Uh, I'm not sure what we're going to pull up next. Maybe New York. Their winters are a little rough, but, you know, we can stay in a storm or two. So I think we might shoot up there in the next couple of weeks. Hometown. See what you Hometown. Definitely. Hey, Marcus Street, I got one favor. One favor for you, man. Man, what you need? Anything, Scott, anything. Triple XL. I need a triple XL. I like them nice and baggy, man. You, you, you kind of brought back memories with the whole New York thing. I need a triple XL. As soon as you can get it to me. Man, I got three put to the side for you, man. It'll be in the mail tomorrow. Bet. Say no more. Bet. Appreciate you. So, Marcus Street Joe, tell me, is it true that you were hanging out with some icons? Ah, uh, yes, yes. DC, you know, streets never stop. Olympic convention. You know, all the Olympic athletes, the gold medalists were in town. And I got a chance to hang out with, you know, Dr. Tommy Smith and Dr. John Carlo. Wow. Got to spend an afternoon with them, enjoy some cloth talk. Wow. Check out ESPN's 30 for 30, Return to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. Um, these gentlemen were in the 1968 Olympics, and they definitely, I would say, put their life on the line at that time to, mm-hmm. to, to make a verbal stance for, for us and our community. So how in the world is Market Street Joe standing outside my barbershop and at the same time hooking up with people that are meeting with President Obama? How do you do it, Market Street? How do you do it? Man, one thing for sure is you got to dress clean. (laughs) You got to dress clean. Superman in the phone booth for now. Also, too, I just have a lot of great friends, man. My my network's pretty large, uh, you know. I take care of my friends, my friends take care of me, and we're able to make things like this happen. Everyone was happy to hear and, and pleased that uh, we're doing what we're doing. How can people find you? Can they find you on social media, or are you just outside their local barbershop? I mean, well, right now, the best way to get a hold of me, I would probably say, is um, through my IG page, Royal Grind Movements. Uh, my website is still under construction. I got a few people helping me out with that. We're, we're working uh, heavily on getting that finished. Um, and then once, we get those up, everyone will be able to reach out to me pretty easily. You know, I have a lot of great people around me. Got you. I like that. We, we got to a point with these T-shirts, man, that it just got too big for us. And, and I was like, okay, you know, I hit you with that instant message. And then the next thing I know, 
as I'm typing the instant message, coming out the barbershop, he's standing in front of me talking about, hey, you ain't got to keep sending that message. What you want? <laughs> I'm telling you, man, I move quick, man. Hey, just, just, just like Biggie said, I dropped unexpectedly like bird shit. <laughs> hey, you already know. Because I know we can't keep you too long, because I know business is always moving. Definitely. Once again, um, my website is Royal Grind Movements. I know it's a lot to say. I'm sorry. But it's royalgrindmovements.com. My IG is royalgrindmovements as well. Definitely shoot me a, uh, a message, and I'll, I'll definitely get back to you. Sounds good, man. Sounds good. And I, I mean, you, you seem so laid back today, so I guess you're crunching some spreadsheets, looking at some new warehouse spots because, uh, you know, Scott and I, we've been trying to Google Earth you, trying to find where your warehouse spot is, you know. And we've been trying to, you know, hit you with the Where's Waldo? Where is he? Mm-hmm. And we and we can't find you, man. Bet. I'm going to find your warehouse, man. I'm going to find it and get a picture of it. Man, I'm telling you, my, my warehouse, you don't want to find it, man. <laughs> you don't want to find it. <laughs> okay, now, before you go, man, I'm sure you got some shout-outs because when we were first, when I called you and like, yo, we want to get you in and uh, talk about these t-shirts. You go, okay, look, I only got a couple minutes. I got some phone calls to make. So why don't you go ahead and shout out some of the people who you might be late making some phone calls because you stopped by and, ch- and chatted with us for a minute. Um, definitely want to give a shout out to uh, Dr. Tommy Smith. I really appreciate you. Um, Dr. John Carlos, uh, Malik Carlos as well. You guys are uh, great friends to me. I love you all. Thanks for the support. Um, Mr. Yusuf White, your shirt is on the way, sir. Once again, thank you for your support, and we will speak to you very soon. We definitely got some things in the. Uh, we definitely need to get some things in the works, brother. Please, please, don't forget about me. I definitely won't forget about you. I definitely would like to thank you to Vanessa. Um, I met her down in South Beach. She was a great friend to me. She actually stayed in my hotel, showed me a lot of love and respect. Um, so Vanessa and your friends, definitely appreciate you all. Hope to see you girl soon when I make it to New York. And uh believe that's it for right now. So man, you're really doing some big things out there with those light podcast t-shirts and we really appreciate you, man. Big John, that's rap for part two of our Tribe series, man. Um, you know, this debut album of Tribe is massive. You're talking, you know, 15, 16 tracks. You gotta take a break in the middle and really do our due diligence of, of how we represent for Tribe, especially with, you know, with their new album, their last album on the 11th of November. What you think about that, man? I mean, if when you just sit back and think about, you know, the impact Tribe has had on the industry since they first came out mm-hmm. in 19, what was it, 1990? And yeah. uh, so you think, I mean, I can't even do the math that quick to know how many years that is, but it's a long daggum time. It's over 20 plus years. Of music. Years, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know, of music they've been putting out. Mm-hmm. And like I said, man, I'm, I'm very much interested in the fact that I get to hear some new fight bars, even though, you know, rest in peace fight. But there are going to be some new bars on there, man, that we haven't heard before. The hip hop community is alive and people are buzzing. You know what I mean? It's, it's a good time right now. It's definitely a good time right now, man. And, uh, no doubt. You know, definitely, as always, John, I appreciate and, and, and love doing this with you. I think the fact that we're doing People's Instinctive as, you know, as the album, you know, that we chose for the Tribe series, I mean, it just makes it all the more perfect. You know what I mean? The beginning and now the closing. And so, you know, at some point, we got to review this new joint. Oh, my goodness. You already know, man. And one of the things, man, that I like about doing how we set up the new format with doing series, man, is the fact that we can revisit it. You know, it's more digestible. It's quicker. You know what I mean? You can listen to us now on your lunch break. Listen to us now on your commute back and forth to work. 
because, uh, you know, our episodes are going to be 30 minutes to 45 minutes long. Mm-hmm. No doubt. All right, man. With all that being said, all I got to say is one love, a tribe called Quest. You know, we hope that you're proud. Three minus four.
Man. I ain't gonna front, I agree, man. Yo, I can't have this no more. I gotta find something new, man.